0: This is good. Pittsburgh. Welcome to the Pittsburgh Current Podcast. I am Associate Publisher Bethany Rue coming at you live from Sorgatron Media on Broadway Avenue in beautiful downtown Beachview. Hello. A couple things at the top of the show. (laughs) Um, Sorry, I've had a lot of coffee this morning. Um, Hopefully, you picked up our most recent issue. We have a lovely, wonderful cover, original art cover by Jose Juan Fernandez, a local artist. Um, Really compelling stuff. Uh, Hopefully you had a chance to get in there and read about how these ice raids are impacting local communities uh, along with all of our other awesome content. Uh, Welcome to Gab Benesso, our new columnist. She's going to be reporting on stuff. Uh, She'll have her own column and she's helming Are this taste funny. She just had her first one with Brittany Alexis. They went to the commoner, um, which Gab likened to the shining uh, decor. Um, But anyway, hopefully you'll pick that up. You'll check it out. You'll read it. Our new issue comes out next week and it's our football preview issue. So, uh, we were saying earlier, you're starting to kind of feel a little bit of fall in the air right now, which sounds weird, but I'm excited. Plus all the pumpkin stuff's rolling out really early, but, um, so make sure you pick up next week's issue for our football preview. Um, also, still plenty of time left to help Rob Rogers and bringing back Brood on Grant, his iconic political cartoon, uh, local based political cartoon. If you haven't been following the news, political cartooning is on um, Major Attack. New York Times got rid of theirs. Um, you know, people are just dumping it left and right. And it's a shame because a lot of what political cartooning does is keep our local leaders and even our national leaders accountable and point out the hypocrisy and the ridiculousness that so many of them are so good at every day of their lives. So political cartooning and just local comic arts in general are very important. You could support the Kickstarter today. Um, you know, we at the current are huge fans of local artists, local comic artists. We've supported them from day one. We have a comic section. Um Indie Wrestling is actually our sponsor for our comic section. Go Indie. Uh, so make sure that you guys are supporting that. There'll be a link I'm sure in the comments. Enough about all that. Let's get to today's guest because I am very excited. Um Pittsburgh is known as being like a hotbed for Irish pride, Irish heritage, Irish runs through our blood. We have a huge St. Patrick's Day celebration, and we are also home to, in my opinion, is the best Irish festival in the world, the Pittsburgh Irish Festival. And joining me today is Maren Patrone, the executive director of the Pittsburgh Irish Fest. Maren, welcome. Thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here today. I'm happy to have you here too. I'll be at Skype. She's Skyping. And where are you, Philly? I'm in Philadelphia. All right, waving yeah. to you from across the state. What's up, girl? Uh,
1: <laughs> so, welcome. Go Penn.
0: Yeah, yeah, there you go. At least you have the right hockey team. Um, oh, yeah. so, welcome again and um this the Pittsburgh Irish Festival is huge. Um it's it's grown so much, but maybe you could tell us a little bit about its evolution and where it started and kind of how it got to where it is today.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, uh about 30 years ago, um my mother, Mara, and my aunt Nan got this crazy idea that Pittsburgh needed an Irish festival. Uh, they grew up in an Irish family, learning about Irish culture, listening to the songs, eating the food. And they, they felt like Pittsburgh really needed an opportunity in addition to St. Patrick's Day to really celebrate this culture. Uh, and so they said, all right, let's start it. So uh, they, they let people know about it. They got the word out, they got some volunteers and they started in Station Square. And we were in Station Square for 16 years. And over that time period, we had um, some of the, the world's most famous Irish musicians like Tommy Macom and um, really started to get people excited about this tradition. So then um, they we moved to the Riverplex at Sandcastle And we were able to grow tremendously there. We had a lot more space um, because we weren't limited by uh, the area in downtown. And we were able to bring in some Gaelic sports demonstrations and sports and some Kurog racing on the river. And it really just gave us an opportunity to expand. And this year, we're moving to a new location. And I'm looking forward to telling you a little bit more about that as well. But we have a really long, rich history of presenting the Irish culture to our our, uh, fellow Pittsburghers.
0: So no, would it, was it growing because the space got bigger or was it, was it like a clamoring from the public? You, I mean, was the response to it so huge that you're like, oh, crap, we got to make this bigger?
1: <laughs> uh, yeah. So it was a little bit of both. Um, one thing is that we were, you know, if ever, anyone remembers good old um, Icy Light Amphitheater.
0: Oh, uh, was, RIP Icy Light. I love that yeah. place. <laughs> just,
1: it, you know, it's this beautiful space right along the river with a beautiful view of downtown Pittsburgh, but it was very long and narrow. And you couldn't really go any bigger than what it was. Um, and so we, you know, we really took a look at, um, you know, if that space was going to continue to be there. They had talks about putting a casino there. They talked about um, this Highmark Stadium that's there now, and we said, you know, we we got to look for somewhere else um, because we were hitting capacity in terms of crowds, and we were hitting capacity in terms of what we could present. And we really wanted to provide more of a diverse offering to our audience. And um, moving to the Riverplex allowed us to do that.
0: Now, when it first started out way back in the day, was it mostly music? I mean, I, I know one of the things that impresses me is just the depth and breadth of the programming that you have at the festival. I mean, obviously, the music's great. I think it's the most, you know, forward facing part of it. But I mean, there are you mentioned a couple of them. I mean, what are some of the other things people could do at the festival aside from just watch really great Irish music?
1: Yeah. So in the beginning, um, we were fortunate enough to be to benefit from a lot of other Irish festivals that have been occurring in the country I- before us. So particularly Milwaukee Irish Festival, that's one of the biggest ones in the country. And so we, we got a lot of great ideas. Um, we also took a look at our own history and our own culture and said, what kind of things do people want to learn about or or reminisce about about our culture? So we did a lot of different things. So in the very beginning, we had, of course, the music and the food. Um, we had things like Irish dog breeds. Uh, mm. So people could meet, um, you know, the different kinds of dogs. We had something called Blarney Bingo. which was just a fun, uh, a fun activity for people. We brought in children's activities. And the main thing with the children's activities is we really wanted to teach them About our history, if they didn't already, right? We wanted to tell them about St. Patrick. We wanted to tell them about the lore and the traditions of Ireland. Um, And, you know, we even did fun things in the beginning. Like, I just found out we used to bring in snakes um, (laughs) from. From local partners and nature centers uh, to tell the, to use them to tell the story of St. Patrick, um, you know, for, uh, getting these snakes out of Ireland. Um, so we did a lot of fun things. No more snakes anymore. I was gonna say, did somebody have
0: to like volunteer to be St. Patrick? Like, okay, Bob, it's you. <laughs> get, <laughs> yeah,
1: I, I, you know, I don't know if they had a St. Patrick, but I. Um, it, there's this beautiful footage of a, of a woman with a snake telling story telling story about St Patrick um, to the kids and and uh, it was just, you know I guess the snakes ended up in Pittsburgh when they left Ireland.
0: <laughs> well no, I, I do want to mention we are live on Facebook, so if any of our viewers have any questions for Marin about the festival or anything that they'd like to suggest to see in upcoming festivals or throughout the year uh drop them in the Facebook comments and Mike will moderate them or, or I'll grab them myself. Um, do you find when you tell people what you do for a living that they want to talk to you about their Irish heritage because I find myself wanting to explain how Irish I am to you. Is that a phenomenon yeah. that you notice? <laughs>
1: yes. You know, so I usually get I usually get one of two responses. Uh, one is, oh, I'm Irish, I should come to that. Um, the second response is, well, I'm not Irish, what do you think? Well, so to the second, that second group of people, the, the thing that I have to say to them is that you don't have to be Irish to have a good time at our festival. Um, the, if you like good music, if you like to drink beer, if you like to eat good food, we're the festival for you. Um, so that first group, of course I hear oh, I'm Irish. So Irish is the second largest nationality that people claim in Allegheny County. Um, I believe it's just behind German. And a lot of that has to do with people immigrating. Um, our ancestors came because there was work on the steel mills, right? There was work, um, there was work to be had in the industrial area of Pittsburgh. And so if you look at our, if you look at our region, you know, we've got areas like uh, Carrick and um, with Carlo University and with Lawrenceville and um, Murraysville and all of these places that have a significant Irish history in our area. So of course I get the, well, I'm Irish and I just went to Ireland or, you know, here's what I want to tell you about. Or, you know, I, sometimes I hear these amazing stories. Oh, I, my husband and I went on our first date at the Irish festival, or Aww. we, we got engaged at the Irish festival. Um, so is, because of our long history, people have really um, made it their own. And that, that really matters to us. Um, so I'm a
0: Carlyle University grad.
1: Oh, there you go. Yeah.
0: Um, and I I was, in case anybody was wondering, my shirt does not mean MFR. This is McConnell <laughs> family reunion. My family reunion is a hashtag. What up, McConnell's? Yeah. My cousin Matt thought of this. I'll figure I was interviewing, I had to wear it, right? It's <laughs> it, it was it was very topical. Um see so yeah, I, I do I, I agree. I think Pittsburgh is very, very Irish, um, or at least identifies <laughs> is very Irish pride. Yeah. Um so I think that that uh, you nailed that. Um so what? Uh, so so you moved. Let's talk about the new location. So yes. as everybody knows, last year, last year by the way, first of all, thank you for always being such a huge supporter of Pittsburgh Current in the paper. We were there last year. We had a booth there. Um, we, you know, we're huge supporters of what you are doing too. But there were some issues. There was the flooding happening. Yeah, there was a big oh. issue. Yeah,
1: so so not to not to harp on what happened, no. but um, we had a, a you know. Um, the rains of Ireland made their way to Pittsburgh, and the, the Saturday of our – it's a three-day festival. So the Saturday of our festival, we faced Pittsburgh's um, second largest amount of rainfall in it. its history Dearly. since we started calculating. And uh, so our, our, the luck of the Irish ran out on us that weekend, and we were forced to cancel our third and final day and evacuate the festival grounds. And on Monday morning after our festival, the riverplex was under 12 feet of water. And we said to ourselves, you know, this this is a risk we're facing now. There's, there's a lot of things changing in the climate, and we wanted to go to a place where we never had to worry about that again. Uh, so we're moving into the main parking lot of Sandcastle Water Park, okay. which is actually... A little bit bigger, um, and it's it's uh, concrete, so there's no mud. <laughs> there's no risk of mud. There's no risk of flooding. Um, and we're bringing in a ton more tents. We're really cu- covering the place with tents. We want people to not have to worry about the weather mm-hmm. at all, whether it's too hot or rainy or or anything like that. We want them to be able to visit us and not worry at all about the weather. Uh, if it's too hot, we're going to bring in misters, uh, tons of different things. And so, um, what I also want to share is we're moving into the parking lot. So people might be thinking to themselves, where do we park? Don't you worry. We have have ample parking available to us. And we've also created a a partnership with uh, the waterfront, who's allowing us to put some parking in the waterfront area and shuttle people into the festival grounds. So we're taking over the parking lot and we're actually netting more parking. So it's going to be a really uh, something people don't have to worry about at all. Yeah. And if anybody's been to
0: the waterfront, it is, there's, there's no shortage of parking there. So obviously okay. I think, I think it's kind of a trade up uh, in a lot of ways. So has the new terrain made you have to change anything or, or take anything away that you used to do, or, or has it allowed you to bring in a new, uh, a new event or, or experience that wasn't really accessible to the previous location? Um,
1: a couple of different things. So, so first of all, we're not limited by hills and trees and uh, other area, other parts of nature that were in the roadplex Um, So it allows us to set up the tents. It really gave us a brand new canvas, a really brand new blank canvas for us to work on in terms of the layout of the festival because we didn't have to work around existing structures or existing trees or things like that. Um, With that being said, people go, well, it's not going to be as green. Well, I can tell you the lot is completely surrounded by trees and we're bringing in plant life because we don't want to take away that Irish green feel of being down along the river. So we're bringing in plant life, we're bringing in beautiful lighting and, and um, we're gonna create a very nice aesthetic for people. Uh, So in terms of new things and and things we might be losing, um, some new things we're doing this year is uh, we're we're bringing in things that maybe we couldn't because of uh, mud or grass or things like that. So uh, for example, something small, we're bringing in a bouncy house um, for the kids, which kids love bouncy houses, but uh, because it's the Pittsburgh Irish Festival, we couldn't not have a cultural component. Mm -hmm. So this bouncy house is in the shape of the Loch Ness Monster, Nessie. (laughs) from Scotland. And so we consider Scott, the Scotland our, our Celtic cousins. So we're going to be educating kids on the Loch Ness Monster when they go into the bouncy house. Um, so that's something that was really difficult to do in our, our old terrain. Um, but so we're, we're just kind of, do, it's really going to feel all brand new to people.
0: You know who else likes bouncy houses? Drunk, cool. drunk adults. Just be well, careful. We're <laughs> gonna have
1: to set uh, some age and height limits there, but uh, you know, leprechauns only.
0: <laughs> that's awesome. Um, well, that's great. So, and also, I do want to point out the the festival is September sixth through the eighth, which is the weekend after Labor Day, right? That's yeah. always that's always the weekend of the festival. So, if yeah. folks listening or watching, make sure you're pre-marking your calendars for those dates. Um. And yeah, that is that's a hard week for weather, right? You can either get that beautiful like late summer, early fall, or it could be ninety million degrees. So
1: yeah, yeah. Last year, the week leading up to the festival was ninety degrees, and it wasn't going to rain. It was Pittsburgh's hottest week of the year, and then quick change because it's Pittsburgh, you know. That's what we yeah. we got to roll the punches here. Well, but I like that you're super
0: prepared for whatever the weather is. So anybody yes. attending knows. Whatever nature is throwing at you, you got it covered.
1: Yes, Rain or Shine.
0: Yeah. So well, let's transition to some of the musical acts and uh, that are that are there because I was I was reading through the lineup. I mean, how, how do you do you handpick the bands? Do bands submit to you? Like what's your process through uh, what you go through to get the acts that you get and why do you choose
1: some of them? Yeah. So a lot of it is is a lot of different ways. Um one, we hear about a band or we know of a band and we seek them out. And we book them. Uh, Sometimes they come to us and they send us their materials and we fall in love with them. Uh, And then we also have this amazing platform called the Association of Irish and Celtic Festivals. And each year we go to a conference. And this is the, the all of North America's Irish and Celtic festivals get together for a conference every year. And we bring in bands and they showcase to us. So we we're able to find a lot of great bands that way as well. So we're actually bringing in a, a gentleman named Colm Keegan, and he used to perform with Celtic Thunder. And he showcased at our conference last fall. And so we're really excited that we found him and we uh, have a great relationship with him. So he's one of our new acts this year, but we find them in all, all sorts of different ways, maybe just even on YouTube. Um, so if you're an Irish musician, you never know who's watching. <laughs>
0: Well, I do know. We um my son, my eight year old, his new favorite band is uh Bastard Bearded Irishman. He saw oh, them at yeah. Georgetown, Yeah, and he fell in love with them. So I saw they're playing at ten o'clock Saturday, I think. So I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna have uh, to let them stay up late that night. yeah,
1: um, <laughs> Friday night. Yeah, they're actually gonna be with us on Friday night. <laughs> Friday night, Friday night, thank um, you. Sorry. Yeah, they're fantastic. They're such they're the that uh Celtic rock and roll band that uh we're so we're so excited to have them and of course they're local and we're we're honored to be working with them. Um, so what
0: are some of the other experiences that people can expect to have this year? I know you, um, I mean, at various times when I've been there, I've seen the, the, Cal- or the Gaelic football and, you know, mm-hmm. are, the, are the dogs coming back? Like what other experiences could people expect to have?
1: Yeah. So of course the dogs are coming back. Um, that is people's one of people's favorite things to, well, first of all, who doesn't love love dogs. Um, but so we bring in, there's many different Irish breeds and we, we reach out to the community and say, would you like to bring your Irish breed to our festival? So anything from Wolfhound to, to Wheaton Terrier, um, and so we bring in we bring in dogs, and this year we're laying out actual sod grass because, of course, we're we're gonna make sure the dogs don't get too hot in our new um, asphalt uh, festival. Uh, we're also super excited to be once again partnering with um ace axe throwing and they're located in homestead in the old bank which is just, um be- absolutely beautiful building and they're coming in and um a lot of people don't know that axe throwing has roots in, in celtic um a celtic history so axes were were a weapon used or and also a tool so we're having axe throwing at the festival again um, people can participate in gaelic sports um, that's something we're losing a little bit of this year we can't set up a full game of mm-hmm. hurling or gaelic football because there's no grass in the space. But what we're doing is we're constructing batting cage-like structures so that people can still see how the equipment works, meet the players, look at what what their uniforms look like, and try their hand at hurling or football. football. Um, and there's tons of kids' activities. Uh, new this year is we're having um, – there's a gr- there's a beautiful artist in the area um, who does who, – her company is called Twisted Arrangements. And they are producing a, a miniature golf course, especially for the Irish Festival. So. Ireland's um, famous for its golf courses of course it's so green and lush and so we're bringing in a miniature golf course for people who can't make it over to Ireland they can they can play around with us. Um, so a lot a lot of different activities. I mean there's really something for everyone. The food, the the drinks um, you know which I can talk I can talk food and drinks for for this whole <laughs> podcast if you want it. <laughs>
0: uh, So good. Let's talk about the food and the drinks while we're there, because after the music, that's my favorite part of the festival, too. (laughs) Me,
1: too. Me, too. So um, we're actually cooking the recipes from my great grandmother that she brought over to Ireland with her. Um, So we are cooking anything from Irish stew to Colcannon, shepherd's pie, bangers and mash, ham and cabbage. The list goes on and on, including wonderful desserts, right? Scones, um, soda bread, tipsy cake. And what's also really amazing about the food this year, and this is we started this last year, and because of our flood, not everyone got a full taste of it. Um, But we're bringing in foods made in Ireland um, in terms of like snack foods, so or or um, dry goods, so people can have uh, come and purchase uh, scone mix from Ireland, or uh, dips and honeys and jellies. Uh, bags of chips, candy bars, Guinness-flavored chocolate. Um, so we're bringing those types of things in for people to come, and they make great gifts. Um, they make great, great munchies. Uh, so that's food. Um, I can dive into the drinks if you want. We've got um, – <laughs> uh, I know that's, that tends to be people's favorite. Um, and so so we um, are very lucky to partner with Guinness. We have a longtime partnership with them. They come in, and they bring Guinness Harp and Middix. And we're so excited to be working with Rusty Rail Brewing, this year, so they're a Pennsylvania brewery, and they're bringing in um, a couple different IPAs and some ales, and so that's for that craft beer drinker who maybe isn't too interested in Guinness but wants to have a beer at the festival. Um, we also we also have Magners Irish cider, and they make a pear flavored cider, which is my favorite. So you got to come and try that. It's gluten free. It's perfect for, for someone who wants to have a have a beer. And um, lastly, we're working with Kingview Mead. So so they're a local. They're a local meadery. They bring in meads and wine. Um and uh, really, there's something for every every food and drinker's palate at the festival.
0: So, what so, about some of the? First of all, you make a very compelling argument to go on food and <laughs> food and food and drink alone. Um, yeah. what about the stuff that you do year round? Right, because it's not just about the festival. I mean, the festival is huge, but you guys, you're actually yeah. a nonprofit. Um, yeah. and I believe your remit is just you know helping educate and inform people about Irish culture or Irish heritage. Um, And you do stuff year round. So what are some of the other things you do outside of the festival that people might not know about?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for bringing this up. A lot of people don't know we're a small nonprofit organization, and we do operate year round doing Irish, Irish education and outreach programs. Um, so we have done everything from going into schools, or, or tends to be around St. Patrick's Day, and we educate the children on the music and the history of St. Patrick. So it is more than just, you know, the guy that wears green. You know, we really want people to know what, ste- what we do today that stems from the Irish culture. Uh, we go into senior centers, we host performances year-round. Uh, Pittsburgh is so lucky to have absolutely phenomenal local Irish musicians, um, and we love to showcase them in different areas. Uh, we'll have a group in Market Square um, on August 29th, the Corn Beef and Curry Band. They'll be performing at the Farmer's Market. With the Pittsburgh Downtown Partnership, mm-hmm. so we bring lots of different concerts. We hosted an axe throwing fundraiser last year, um, golf outings, uh, and and really just any educational thing we could do. We've sponsored uh, Lord of the Dance or River Dance performances when they come into the area. Uh, we've hosted Irish um, politicians uh, and and connected them with other politicians and Irish um, uh, local local people from Ireland in the in the area. So so if you're ever looking for something to to do, we're we're your go to. So if there's people who want to book an Irish musician or learn about touring Ireland or if you're a teacher and you want to host a program at your school, we're the people to call um, and we have those resources available. So much more than just a festival. So people yes. really
0: need to make yeah. sure that they go and check it out. And if you're ever in need of anything Irish, and also I'm going to plug your, uh, your parents store real fast too, because right. <laughs> her parents own the Irish Design Center in Oakland. So if you want to preview some of those uh, Irish snack foods, you can stop in there. They have a big, uh, assortment. I, I interviewed them for our Oakland feature and the stores. I could probably easily drop like hundreds of dollars in there. They've got that cable knit sweaters and you know with fall coming this might be a good time to go check it out. So um, if you want a little bit of a preview before the festival you can you can go check out Irish Design Center.
1: Yeah they'll have a snack for you and a cup of tea waiting when you get there. They
0: do they do they're so Irish I love it. Um, (laughs) uh, So is there a favorite band that you have that you're really excited to see? Uh, I mean do you have any favorites that kind of stand out or are you, not yeah. lo- are you not allowed to have a favorite? It's like being oh, a parent, I can, you have to love them all. I
1: can, I can have a favorite. Uh, so, um, though though I love all of them. Um, we we feel as though actually this year we're presenting our most diverse lineup of musicians than we have in a long time at the festival. Um, I, I'm, I'm really excited for Eileen Ivers. And she's a Grammy winning um, fiddle player who um, got her fame originally with Riverdance. She was the original fiddle player for Riverdance. So I'm really excited about her. Um, but I have a favorite... And they're called the Screaming Orphans. Uh, and they are an all-female group out of Ireland. And not only are they phenomenal musicians, but they're great people. Um, they're so fun. They've, they've been really good to our festival. And they just have a new album out called Life in a Carnival. And they're, they're probably my favorite in terms of, of um, they really get everybody's shoes tapping uh, at the festival. So um, we hope people will come and see them. Yeah, but I love I love everybody. I love all of our musicians. Yeah, it's hard to go wrong. <laughs> um, really? So,
0: yeah. So tickets are on sale now, right? You can go to yeah. the Pittsburgh Irish Festival website, which is pghirishfest.org. Sorry. Yes. I don't have my glasses on, so I'm like squinting. <laughs> uh, they're 12 for adults. There's $12 in advance if you buy them now. $15 at the gate. So save yourself a few bucks that you could put towards a Guinness and yes. buy them in advance. Um, and Yeah. Kids are welcome. It's family yeah, friendly. Kids yeah, kids are free. Kids that's are free. that's, that's yeah. amazing. Is there like a twelve and under thing or?
1: It's twelve and under. Yeah, we really want to make it affordable for everyone to come. Yeah, so we have discount. We have discounts for um, you know students, seniors, military, retired, or active, public safety, nurses. Even get a discount, um, and kids are free. So we want everyone to be able to come.
0: So you don't have to be Irish. You don't even have to really know anything about Ireland. You don't even have to know an Irish person. <laughs> There's going to be something for everybody. So make sure you guys are checking it out again September 6th or the 8th. Is that right? Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah, 6th 6th at the Lots at Sandcastle, food, music, dancing, sports, dogs. Like, I mean, really, what else could you possibly want? And plenty of parking. So, Maren, thank you so much for joining us today.
1: Thank you for I, having me. It's
0: really great. I had a. Oh, there you go. You're ready to go. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready for my festival. So thank you so much right. for joining us. If anybody ever needs any more information, go to pghirishfest.org. Maren, we'll see you in a few... Wow, a few like weeks. less than a month. <gasps> oh like my grooming. god. Did you just have a panic attack when I said uh, that?
1: You no, know, like it ebbs and
0: flows. <laughs> <laughs> well, we can't wait. We know it's going to be a great event and we will see you there and hopefully we'll see you there too. So until next time, signing off for the Pittsburgh Current. Bethany Root, have a great day.
1: Giving Pittsburgh a better alternative giving a better
0: alternative
1: giving Pittsburgh a better alternative